0: Shalom and welcome to Inside Israel News. I'm your host, Isaac Kite. In this podcast, you'll hear detailed and relatively unbiased information about Israeli politics and current events. So it's been an exciting couple of days in Israeli politics just since this election has been called. And since the last time I recorded an episode, a lot has happened. So I'm going to try and catch everybody up on the big stories and then go into the body of the story here, uh, which is Bibi Netanyahu's Game of Dreidel. And that'll be kind of a fun way of uh, presenting the election. First and foremost, the big story, Naftali Bennett. Naftali Bennett, came out recently and said that he will not join a coalition with Bibi Netanyahu now or uh, after the election. And thus he can no longer be counted as part of Bibi Netanyahu's potential win. And that changes a lot of things about the electoral scenarios. I'm still going to present the four scenarios today as I presented them last time, although uh, with this updated information, that could change. Uh, As I've said before in Israeli politics, expect the unexpected. So it's still possible that Bibi Netanyahu could remain prime minister, but it's unlikely, and it's even more unlikely now. Bennett went on to say that recently Netanyahu had offered him the defense ministry and also even uh, a rotation as prime minister in uh, the government in order to avoid the election. And Naftali Bennett, of course, said no. Uh, rotation of prime minister would be huge considering that Bennett has been the leader of a relatively small party for most of his time in the Knesset and is not uh, someone who would be normally thought of as a candidate for prime minister. Nevertheless, Naftali Bennett has been elevated to one of the major candidates uh, by this and by polling data. So it's going to be interesting to see how This progresses. This is new and uh, a new exciting wrinkle in the Israeli elections. Another fascinating news story that has come out of the woodwork in the last few days is also that Israel and the United Arab Emirates are working together behind the scenes to eliminate the UNRWA. For those who don't know, the UNRWA is a special agency of the United Nations that serves Palestinian refugees. That organization may be partly responsible for uh, some of the, the terrible and atrocious conditions in Palestinian camps, but also uh, they've been known to allow weapons to be ferried in UN vehicles and to uh, shelter terrorists. So it's been a big problem, uh, the UNRWA antagonizing Israel. And apparently Israel's new friend in the United Arab Emirates is eager to help to deal with that problem. It's been a curious thing for a number of years that the Palestinians have their own UN refugee agency where every other refugee in the world has to go through a different agency, which is a single agency for all of them. Uh, this, this UNRWA has been uniquely unhelpful in attempting to find a peaceful solution to the conflict, and now Israel and its Arab allies are working together to unmake that organization. Another exciting story is the defections from Likud to the New Hope Party, led by Gidon Sa'ar. These defections include a number of interesting cast members, uh, one of whom is an interesting person, uh, Yifat Shashabiton, a backbencher who was involved in the Kulanu Party, uh, led by Moshe Karon, a center-right party that uh, existed a few Knessets ago. Uh, but no longer serves in in parliament, and uh, a few surprise entries like Zaev Elkin. Elkin is a former coalition chair and a personal confidant of Bibi, who was known to translate Russian for him when meeting with uh, world leaders like Vladimir Putin. Elkin's statement that it's time for a change and that Bibi is putting his personal interests in uh, ahead of the political needs of Israel is kind of surprising. I, almost a personal backstab uh, against the prime minister. Uh, he says that all of the prime minister's decisions these days are made based on his own personal interests uh, regarding the court case against him and not in the interests of Israel. So that's big. Also in something of a surprise or shocking defection, Yariv Levine, the uh, former Knesset speaker, uh, abandoned Likud and is joining Gidon Sa'ar, also calling for a change of leadership. So I got some feedback from listeners that I didn't uh, clarify a couple of Hebrew terms, and, and a few people were uh, lost about institutions. So I want to go ahead and just clarify those real quick here before going into the next segment. The Knesset, Knesset means assembly in Hebrew. Uh, the synagogue is also called the Beit Knesset, or Beit HaKnesset, basically the house of assembly, uh, can also mean community, but, but basically it's an assembly or gathering of people. So it's a, a good Hebrew term for uh, a body. Obviously, houses all over the world are named different things in, in terms of parliaments, the House of Commons in, in the UK, the House of Representatives in the United States, uh, the Bundestag in Germany, but uh, in Israel, it's called the Knesset with 120 members, and it is Israel's parliament. It is a unicameral parliament, meaning that there is one house. There's, there's no senate or Bundesrat or, or upper house or upper chamber in Israel. So that is one thing. The other is I did not define Meretz. Uh, the Meretz party uh, gets its name first from the combination of two political parties, the Mapam party and the Ratz party. Uh, but Meretz means vigor in Hebrew. So it's kind of a convenient contraction of former party names when they merged in order to form a political party. All right, the main thrust of this episode is to discuss the four possible outcomes of the election, much like I described last time, uh, but a kind of a new, interesting way to talk about it and, of course, update it for the news that has uh, come out since then. It occurred to me that uh, from Bibi Netanyahu's perspective, this is a lot like a game of dreidel uh, in terms of wins, half wins, losses, and no results. So the the game of dreidel is played with a a little top, and it has four sides, kind of like a die, uh, which of course has six sides, and and you get numbered one to six. But on the dreidel, we have four possible outcomes when you spin the dreidel, and I thought that was an interesting way to describe the selection. Uh, the The letters on it approximate uh, a an acronym for a great miracle there happened. Uh, refers to the the Hanukkah miracle and the Hanukkah story, but it it makes a fun game with the kids playing over uh, chocolate guild coins and. Uh, doing a little bit of, uh, I want to say, uh, harmless gambling. In any case, uh, the, the four letters represent different uh, results from the casting of the die or the spinning of the top. One uh, is a gimel, and the gimel is a win. When, when you get the gimel, you win. Uh, when you get the hay, you, you half, you win half. And that, that's kind of a half win. Uh, the nun means you, you get nothing, nothing changes. Uh, and the sheen means you lose. So from Bibi's perspective, he's kind of playing a game of dreidel right now with the four scenarios for this election. And at this point, the uh, the win and the half win are starting to look a lot less likely. So we'll see what happens there. But at this point, looking at the polls, here's approximately what those four scenarios look like. So first, the gimmel. Bibi wins. Uh, as I've noted before, there have been three elections in the last two years, and this is the fourth. Uh, These elections have been inconclusive because many of the political players in the parliament, in in Knesset, are not willing to sit in government as part of the coalition with Bibi Netanyahu. Uh, Again, in in Israel, they vote for political parties, not individual candidates, and those candidates for prime minister have to cobble together a group of political parties, sometimes with very narrow interests, in order to uh, form a coalition and thus in order to become prime minister and govern. The Israeli cabinet is a more collegial body that works together, kind of like a committee voting on on issues rather than the prime minister leading the cabinet, mm, sort of like our president does over here in the United States. The, The prime minister has a limited field of action for him or herself, while the cabinet overall is essentially... an executive committee, if you will, to to run the the country, kind of like a board of directors, if you want to put it in business terms. So the prime minister has a lot of uh, individual power in in essence, but as more as part of the, the government than not as part of the cabinet. And the other cabinet ministers, the minister of defense, the foreign minister, the finance minister, these also have a lot of power and oftentimes are leaders of other major parties in the coalition. So they have some interests of their own to pursue. So it's always interesting uh, seeing how Israeli politics works, because it's never quite as simple as one person wants to do one thing and that policy goes in that direction. It's more a bargaining, constant ongoing bargaining between different political interests, trying to see uh, who wins this this game and, and who wins that one. So, how does BB win at this point? It's kind of a, an interesting question. Uh, originally, in the last episode, the scenario that we were looking at was Likud, which is polling at 25 to 28 seats out of the 120 in the Knesset, and uh, the Orthodox parties, uh, Shas and, and UTJ, uh, which are polling together at about 15, 14, 15 seats, uh, seven or eight seats apiece. Uh, And uh, Yamina, which is led by Naftali Bennett, uh, which is polling, has been polling around uh, 14 seats, but suddenly has risen to closer to 20 seats. Uh, Apparently, Naftali Bennett's opposition to the coronavirus lockdowns has caught the attention of a lot of people on the right. And so now the question is, what's going to be the interplay between Naftali Bennett and Gidon Sa'ar, who's the other major uh, aspirant to the prime minister? office. Uh, but if Bennett is not willing to work with Bibi, the idea that Bibi could just win a majority with those four parties, with, uh, Likud, with Likud Yamina and uh, with the two Orthodox parties, uh, is now brought to a crashing, <laughs> flaming end. Uh, there, there's not much of a chance that that's going to happen. Even so, they were polling below a majority. Uh, but with Naftali Bennett's rise, uh, he's gaining seats very quickly now, that means that that was a possibility. Uh, numerically, it looked like just for a moment, BB could find a natural coalition that could get 61 seats, the, the minimum necessary to form a government. But Bennett won't play ball. Now, could he change his mind after the election and uh, join a government with Netanyahu? Anything is possible. But at this point, he's making a pretty firm stand against BB. And it would be difficult for him to change his mind later on, given that uh, he's going to earn votes for his anti bb uh, position. But we'll see. As I said, expect the unexpected in Israeli politics, so you never know. On to the half-win. So the hay represents the half-win in dreidel, and how does that look in the parliamentary situation? As I described in the last episode, it's entirely possible that someone out there, one political figure or another, one political party or another, might join a coalition with Netanyahu under certain circumstances uh, to give him... Uh, a win, but require uh, rotation in office. That is, Netanyahu would serve as prime minister for two years, and then that person, uh, whoever this is, say Naftali Bennett or uh, Gideon Saar, would become prime minister after the two years. The problem with that being that Bibi just made a similar agreement with Benny Gantz and he took his only path out of that, which was to fail the budget and uh, thus bring on this current election. So uh, I'd be a little bit dubious signing such an agreement with Bibi when he'll serve as prime minister for two years. And then after two years, he'll say, oh, the budget failed. We're going to early elections. And he'll try to, to win another election without having to hand over power. And that is an interesting problem. He's probably more likely to be willing to hand over the prime minister's office to someone like Naftali Bennett than uh, a longtime rival like Gidon Sa'ar. Uh, Certainly, he'd not want to pass it on to someone on the center left like Benny Gantz. And that that makes some sense. But I mean, what kind of promises, if if you're Naftali Bennett, if you're Gidon Sa'ar, what kind of promises or assurances are you going to take from Bibi Netanyahu, who just backstabbed the last guy who took that deal? It's one of those things, as I said in the last episode. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. You've got to learn your lesson from from the the past. So that's going to be interesting to see. Could one of them form a government with BB and uh, try to go uh, half seas with them and and say, hey, we'll we'll take the two year, two year. It's possible. Uh, It would be reneging on an election promise at this point, so that would be a, a bad move in terms of future electoral politics. But who knows? I mean, if BB were to follow through and actually renounce his office and hand it over to The next prime minister then say Naftali Bennett could come out of the next Knesset having served as prime minister for two years, having that experience, or Gidon Sa'ar having been prime minister for two years and thus go into the next election as the incumbent prime minister looking to put together a government. It's an interesting prospect, becoming less likely by the hour. However, uh, at this point, since BB no longer has a chance of winning with a natural coalition, if you will, of right-leaning parties, uh, since Bennett has decided not to work with him, it's getting it's getting late for uh, for BB on that one. So as I described last week as well, uh, noon represents no result. That is, uh, President Ruby Rivlin taps Bibi Netanyahu to form a government. He's not able to form a government. He taps uh, Gideon Sa'ar to form a government. Sa'ar is not able to form a government or Naftali Bennett, uh, whoever, whoever gets there. And uh, since no coalition can be formed, no government takes office, then new elections would be called to uh, Bibi would remain as prime minister as part of the uh, the ongoing sort of technocratic coalition uh, without making major political decisions or what have you, but it would just go on into the summer and a fifth election in just over two years would ensue. So that could be another result. And again, it's a, a spin of the dreidel. Right. So on to the scenario you've all been waiting for, the sheen, the loss. What happens if Bibi Netanyahu comes up sheen on the dreidel? Well, that is an interesting question, and it's a question that grows more interesting by the hour. As as BB's prospects are setting over the horizon, and new prospects are arising in the on the opposite horizon as new uh, political stars begin to rise. This is kind of the the interesting point here, where for uh, the last. Uh, episode. And, and before that, we were talking about the possibility of Gideon Sa'ar as the main competitor to Bibi. Uh, but with the sudden rise in the poll of Naftali Bennett and uh, his references to a possible rotation that was offered to him by Netanyahu, the question arises, could Bibi Netanyahu face competition for the prime minister's office from Naftali Bennett as well? And Bennett himself has has commented that he may be interested in trying to seek the big office. A reporter journalist asked him what... Uh, would happen if he won 20 seats. And he, he kind of laughed it off as, uh, I'll, then I'll be prime minister. And so it's an interesting prospect. Uh, voters will have their choice. It's a question now of who will bleed off whose voters. Will voters who might otherwise vote for Naftali Bennett bleed off to Gidon Sa'ar and New Hope? Or will those who might otherwise have voted for Gidon Sa'ar and New Hope bleed off over to Naftali Bennett and Yamina, which means Right. Uh, or the new right. So this is an interesting prospect. Who knows? But it is uh, clever to, to think out how these prospects might uh, come to fore. At this point, both candidates are polling about equally, about 20 seats each, which uh, means that they could end up also forming a coalition with a two-year rotation, where, say, Gidon Sa'ar is prime minister for two years, followed by Naftali Bennett for two years, or vice versa, Bennett followed by Sada- Sa'ar. What an interesting prospect that could be. Together, their parties would be polling at this point around 40 seats. That's a third of the Knesset and a huge chunk. So they would only need to cobble together another 20 seats. That could be done fairly easily looking at the polls at this point. Uh, Other center-right parties not eager to join coalition with Bibi, or who have renounced Bibi, basically, include Avigdor Lieberman's uh, Yisrael Betenu, which uh, is polling around six or seven seats, could rise, could fall, depending, but that would definitely uh, get them closer. Also, center-left party Yeshetid, the future party, led by Yair Lapid, former journalist. Uh, This is an interesting prospect. That could, that could be a coalition right there. Or perhaps uh, the the right coalition would go ahead and bring the Orthodox parties in. The Orthodox parties have been very loyal to Bibi. But if it looks like Bibi is not going to lead the government anymore, are they going to seek their own interest by going over and, and joining this coalition against him? Or are they going to uh, remain uh, on a principled stand for Bibi Netanyahu as prime minister. I think we all know what the answer to that is going to be. If it really looks like uh, there's a, a very good chance that a, a secular coalition could form under uh, Sa'ar, Bennett or both, uh, I think we'll, we'll see the Orthodox parties running over and saying, hey, uh, we'd be happy to join and, and make up those last few seats you need as long as some of our interests are served. As I said before, it, it's beginning to look like the sun is setting on Bibi's term as prime minister. After about 12 years and uh, cumulatively over 15 years in office, it looks like Bibi Netanyahu will leave the prime minister's office after this election. Uh, it's becoming increasingly likely. Obviously, nothing is set in stone, and a lot could change between now and then. But we will see. Either way, uh, it's going to be interesting to watch as we as we cover the the election here. Uh, but Uh, I wanted to ponder for just a moment. Is this an ignominious end for Bibi Netanyahu? Is he going to be cast out of the prime minister's office something like margaret thatcher uh departing number 10 downing when uh the conservatives revolted against her in the summer of 1990 uh when she leaves and, and the press is flashing uh pictures and asking questions you, you almost imagine the the bobbies throwing their baggage the thatcher's baggage out into the street uh, it was so quick so um uh, audacious, a revolt against her leadership. This woman who had led Britain for 11 years in time when uh, the economy was a mess and the the country was weak and she left it much stronger on both categories. And Bibi Netanyahu has very much the same legacy. When Bibi Netanyahu came to office in 2009, Israel was weakened. The, the summer of 2006 rocket attacks from Hamas and Hezbollah uh, Hamas from the Gaza Strip and Hezbollah from southern Lebanon uh, had devastated Israel and Israel had been impotent to respond. Uh, they, the constant rocket attacks thereafter for, over the course of the years have been an ever-present threat to Israelis. Uh, in recent years, the Iron Dome and now uh, Iron Laser systems are available, Iron Beam, excuse me. Those, those are available now to defend Israel from these uh, rockets that are are coming in also the the new aero missile system, which is designed to protect against long range ballistic missiles, say fired from Iran, uh, these new weapon systems are available to defend Israel and have reduced the likelihood of casualties. but uh, when Bibi came to office, those weapon systems did not exist, and Israel was not in a very secure position uh, from his term as finance minister in two thousand and three uh, to two thousand and five and from his time in office, Israel has become more free market. It has prospered in ways that Israel has not prospered in the past. Bibi has resisted the various urges of the country to go back to its socialist roots and has pushed in uh, this new startup nation direction that's, uh, that's leading Israel to greater prosperity. Israel is more politically stable, more economically prosperous and more secure in terms of the security situation by far today than it was. He weathered the Arab Spring and the possibility of the breakdown of peace with Egypt uh, and also dealt with uh, ongoing attacks from Gaza, from Hamas, uh, the Iran-backed terrorist organization that rules that little uh, piece of land. And uh, this has has brought Israel to this point where now Israel has annexed the Golan Heights. Uh, Israel has made peace with the United Arab Emirates, Bahrain, Sudan, Morocco, and uh, other Arab countries may be coming forward as well, and other Muslim countries in other parts of the world. Uh, Indonesia is talking about normalizing relations. Apparently, there is some talk of the Saudis normalizing relations. Obviously, uh, the Saudis are now allowing civilian air flight to overtravel their airspace, and possibly may allow military overflight uh, by Israeli Air Force aircraft. So much has changed in the world since Bibi Netanyahu came to office. Not all of it is his fault, uh, and people are always eager to point out, yes, well, Bibi may have changed the regulations or whatever, but it's the business leaders who made Israel prosperous. Yes, that is true, but uh, Bibi unburdened them so that Israel could become such. However, uh, he may have overstayed his welcome. And right now, it's looking a lot like Bibi's interest in staying in office centers more on his own personal interests in trying to avoid the charges against him than it does in uh, promoting the best interests of Israel. And that seems to be uh, the perception uh, as members of his own party, like uh, Levine and Elkin are abandoning him and joining Gidon Saar, so uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this turns out. But I have to admit that even though I have only ever been a reluctant supporter of Netanyahu myself, again admitting my own biases, uh, he's provided strong leadership, and and I'm grateful that he has strengthened Israel. Uh, but. If someone else could have done that job, I uh, would have been just as pleased. And there have been a lot of things, for example, the, as I mentioned in the last episode, the, the path of destruction of so many talented Israeli political figures that, whom he has destroyed in order to preserve his own power, in order to prevent anyone from challenging him for, uh, for the big job. So this is uh, a long time coming, maybe. Uh, a lot of that leadership style is coming home to roost. I have to say it, it's a little bit of a sad day in that regard because, again, Bibi has done a lot of great things for Israel, and now it looks like he's about to be tossed out on his tukus, And that may not be the right way for this to go. Um, obviously, he'll be facing tri- trial and charges uh, for bribery, fraud, and and quid pro quos, uh, inside deals uh, with the government. And that will not be uh, too much fun. An interesting prospect. So in terms of in a, in a miraculous, perfect world, how could this, this situation be resolved? An interesting prospect is that perhaps a, a new right-wing coalition could offer Bibi the presidency in order to leave office. Uh, Israel's presidency is a, a weak figurehead position, similar to the Queen of England these days. And the office holds a seven-year term. The, uh, those who hold the office are limited to a single term of office. And uh, when Shimon Peres' term ended in uh, 2014, Ruby Rivlin, Reuven Rivlin, who, who goes by Ruby, uh, former uh, Likud MK, was elected president and has served as president uh, for the past six years. He's coming up to the end of his term next year. It could be an interesting deal to uh, get Bibi to step down as prime minister to go ahead and offer him the big office, and then maybe he could leave as uh, something of an honored statesman. But it really doesn't look like that's a possibility. Uh, again, we can all dream. Uh, it looks a lot like Beebe's about to be thrown out very much the way Thatcher was thrown out, and it just seems like uh, an unfortunate end to a great prime ministership uh, because it, it seems to have come to this. Uh, Bibi did not do any kind of succession planning. He really didn't make any plans to quit or hand over uh, the big office to a, uh, to a cultivated protege. Uh, but no, uh, it looks like the, the Gidon Sa'ar and Naftali Bennett have it in for him, and he may be finished. Well, that's all for this episode. Uh, Inside Israel News is now on Facebook as a Facebook page. Please like the page and uh, you can interact with me there and uh, give me feedback. Tell me what I've got wrong. Tell me what I've got right. Uh, We're all very opinionated here and, and go ahead and and uh, let me know how uh, terrible my ideas are, or my thoughts are, or how great, how much you love it. Either way, it's all good. I do appreciate feedback, corrections, and questions. If there's anything in particular or specifically you'd like to know, uh, then please shoot there. So again, Inside Israel News on Facebook. With that, I will bid you farewell. המשחטות הישנות יעדעינו תפוחי זהב כל זה אינו משל ולא חלום זה נכון, כל זה ימו מחר